Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 82, where we're discussing Because You Left from season 5 of Lost. You told me there was, John. No, no. No, I didn't. Well, you will. It was Ethan who shot me. Well, who comes around goes around. Ah! When am I? Well, John, that's all relative. Wait, the noise when the sky lit up. Where did you go? I didn't go anywhere, John. You went. All right, th- th- this is gonna hurt. It'll be a lot worse if you move, okay? Hold still. Okay. <laughs> All done. I don't understand, how? How did you know that I was here? How did you know? Where to find me? I wish I had time to explain it, John, but you're going to be moving on soon. We need to go over a couple things before moving you... Moving on? Ah! Sorry. Mm. First thing, okay? You're going to need to clean out the wound every couple of hours. Keep as much weight off the leg as you can, all right? The island will do the rest, John. All right, but I don't... Second thing, I would... no, no, pay attention. Next time we see each other, I'm not going to recognize you, all right? You give me this. All right. What is this? It's a compass. What does it do? It points north, John. And look, I wish I had time to be more sensitive about this because it's a lot to swallow, but you need to know it in order to do what you got to do, so I'm just going to say it, okay? The only way to save the island, John, is to get your people back here, the ones who left. Jack, Kate, the chopper was headed for the boat, the boat. They're fine, John, and they're already home, so you have to convince them to come back. How am I supposed to do that? You're gonna have to die, John. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing Because You Left. Um, Who is this episode about? I guess it's not really about anyone, is it? Uh, like it doesn't really no, focus on anyone? No, and I don't think it really focuses on anybody. It's just I think the two particular groups on and off, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But uh, either way, um, the first episode of season five of Lost, we are in season five and only, you know, maybe a dozen or so episodes from being caught up with the rest of the Lost world. And what, how does that make you feel? I mean, I've said before, I've, uh, 
you know, I'm kind of it's kind of bittersweet for me. Yeah. Uh, because um, you know, one one part of me is like, wow, I get to kind of like know what you know everything they know, and also kind of get to discuss things with people. But the other part of me is like, I, likes the idea of kind of lagging behind and kind of watching them, at, you know, back to back and things like that. So. Right at your own speed, and yeah, I know what you mean. Well, let's see here. Um, the first section I've got here is on the island, um, and this is at the very beginning of the episode. Uh, okay. Doctor Marvin Candle, aka you know Doctor Hallowitz, you know, etc., wakes up to a crying baby. Uh, he gets ready, and the record starts skipping, which is interesting considering you know one of the comments later on in the episode. And uh, he walks outside, and we see that he's at the barracks. And he walks into kind of a filming studio of sorts uh, where he's making the orientation video for the aero station, which apparently is station number two. And he's going by Dr. Marvin Candle for this video as well, which I wanted to talk about that a little bit about, you know, he goes by different names and different videos. But for whatever reason, in this case, he's going by the same name that he went by for the Swan orientation video. Yeah, yeah, that... I know that that whole scene there kind of confused me a little bit because I mean obviously this this guy we've heard so many names with him and and everything mm-hmm. and and even his character was a bit confusing for me like I didn't know he's like, some kind of I mean, he seemed like a hired actor is kind of what it seemed like to me you know what I'm saying but then you know mm-hmm. later it didn't seem that way but um the whole name thing I didn't really kind of I don't I'm not exactly sure what to make of that um, yeah and what I think is so weird about it is he does appear to be an actual scientist but he's right. also the right. actor in all these orientation videos. And for whatever reason, he's going by these different names and the different videos. It's like, it's a weird combination. I mean, I don't necessarily think of actor, you know, whenever I think of a scientist. Right. No, definitely not. You know I mean? But it just, his, I don't know, his demeanor didn't seem very scientific mm-hmm. at first. You know what I'm saying? It's right. Kind of, and yeah. I don't know. So it was just a little, this is a little different for me. And I, I don't know exactly why. I mean, like you said, I don't know why he'd be going with all these different names. I mean, it's not like we talked about before. It's not like these guys in the uh, in these um, hatches knew of one another. So I, you know, right. I don't think they ran the risk of being like, oh, you, you know, he left you a video too. I mean, you know, oh, but he used this name. You know, I, I just don't know. I just don't, I don't really get that yet. Exactly. Yeah. If, if the different people in the different stations didn't have any inter- interaction with each other, what would be the purpose of him using a different name for each video? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great, great point. I love that. So he says the purpose of the station, you know, is to develop defensive strategies and gather intelligence on the island's hostile indigenous people, mm-hmm. which is actually quite a bit of information here. So now it's kind of like the hostiles are not just the hostiles. They're also the island's indigenous people, the original inhabitants of that island. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, and and we've heard the you know the term hostiles you know so many times, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're talking about the people that are obviously native to that island or whatever, uh, which right. makes me think of like Richard, you know, like his group. That's who you yeah. know. The only people I can really think of would be considered like natives, and 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 we've seen uh, actually Ben's first interactions call Richard a hostile. You know. Right. Um, but it's 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 weird to look at that group and think that why would the, would they be considered hostile? I mean, um, 
I don't know. I guess I kind of I kind of liken it to almost like the X Men. You know, I mean, they weren't yeah. they weren't bad, <laughs> but they were placed in a camp. You know, to be segregated from the rest of the world. You know, it's kind of right. kind of that sense that I get from Richard. I don't I don't know. I just don't really get like a hostile vibe from those pe- those people. You know. Yeah, and and here's where I'm going to have to tread very lightly because I'll admit, like right up front, that I'm having a really hard time now separating what we've seen in the past from what's coming up, you know, in the next few episodes. Okay. And it's, it's killing me. Cause I, I want to talk about, you know, the whole hostile thing more, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm having a terrible time separating the two out. So I'll just, you know, and at the risk of, of saying something I shouldn't, I'll just avoid sure, that for now. Sure. Okay. And then <laughs> the next few episodes, if you catch it, then we'll, we'll go back to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So he says, you know, he's kind of interrupted by someone who calls him Dr. Chang. So I assume that's his real name. Right. And, but he is really a doctor, which we, which is important, I think, considering his, you know, acting and going by different names. And he says they have a problem at the orchid. And uh, let's listen to that scene. Okay. through the rock, right on your specs. That's when the drill melted. The drill melted? Yeah, yeah. Three meters from the margin line on the plans. We went through six carbon drill bits and the last one just fried. Then my operator starts grabbing his head and freaking out. We sort our image to the wall. There's an open chamber about 20 meters in, behind the rock. There's something in there. And the only way to get to it is to lay charges here and here. Blast through and Under take a look. no circumstances. This station is being built here because of its proximity to what we believe to be an almost limitless energy. And that energy, once we can harness it correctly, it's going to allow us to manipulate time. <laughs> okay, so what? We're gonna go back and kill Hitler? Don't be absurd. There are rules. Rules that can't be broken. So what do you want me to do? You're going to do nothing. If you drill even one centimeter further, you risk releasing that energy. If that were to happen, God help us all. Watch yourself. Sorry, sir. It won't happen again. I'll grab the rest of the stuff. Let's go. Did you hear that? Time travel. How stupid is that guy think we are? So uh, Chang heads down the elevator to the orchid station, and one of the workers is telling him that they were cutting through the rock when the drill melted. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that happened, the guy operating the drill kind of freaked out, and his nose started bleeding. Um, he shows Chang a, a printout of what appears to be the giant wheel that Ben pushed during the season four finale. Right. And he says the only way to reach it is to blast through the rock. And of course, you know, Chang kind of freaks out about that. 
And he says, you know, the station is being built there because of its proximity to what they believe to be an almost limitless energy. And that energy, once it's harnessed, you know, correctly, is going to enable us to manipulate time. Right. So there's a lot of information here that um, I'm having a hard time making a lot of sense of, but it seems huge. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, I mean, at this point, it sounds like he's just being really upfront. Look, we're talking time travel here. We got a, a possibility to tap into this stuff. Uh, and, you know, and he was really like, don't even get close don't even get close to this thing, you know. If you get close to it, what happened to your buddy is just a, you know, tip of the iceberg here, right? You know, um, and, and like you said, there's a lot of information there. He's talking a lot of like stuff, but I didn't really. Only I could get out of it is like it's very powerful, and it has to do with time travel, and it's a pure uh, a source of energy. You know, that's right. only I could really decipher from the language. Now, what freaks me out about this, though, is that wheel down there obviously isn't a natural structure. It's not like somehow over yeah. time that wheel was produced. Exactly. But That's what I was it, thinking, too. And this, so there's this wheel down there that they found, and somehow associated with that wheel is this, like, huge, like, unbelievable source of energy that they're trying to tap into. And right. And I want to know what the source of that is. Like, why is that wheel there buried so far underground? And why does it have this energy source attached to it that's capable of allowing them to, you know, travel through time? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what I was uh, getting at. Because, But once again, on this whole time theory, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, once again, as soon as I start to speak it, my mind goes, to, you know, to pudding and our brain goes to pudding <laughs> and I have nothing. But, you know, I because... I'm kind of a I'm kind of a nerd enough. I, I should use that word, uh, word lightly, but I'm kind of a nerd enough that this stuff totally like fascinates me. But yeah, I, exactly. I'm, I'm not me smart too. enough to be nerd enough to understand it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like so, uh-huh. like there's things <laughs> like I sit around and think about. I'm like, you know, if time travel exists and time is time is constant, beginning and ends, irrelevant. You know, to to the situation because it's already. Uh, happened, you know, the beginning and the end. It's already happened at some point. Just because we're not there yet in our current state doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Um, right. So, if that being the case, this will could have been created either in the future or the past. We don't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It could have unlocked something. It could have been, you know, and extremely in the future this will was created, but yet. Or, or at least a technology, but yet it was produced in the past because of this time travel back and forth stuff that we're starting to see people tell people things, you know, remember right. this, do this, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's like years and years and centuries and, you know, of, of knowledge that's created this, but yet it's still, and now it's created because of it all coming together, you know, it looks real primitive, this yeah. this will does it looks very primitive, but I mean the the knowledge that it would have to have to, to create something, uh, or or it could just been I was sitting there looking at this thing I was like maybe it's just it was luck, right yeah. time right place found something I was like wow we can do this, right you and know? and here's and my thoughts on this have always been since I saw the episode the first time that the combination of this really ancient looking wheel and then this very like you know highly like intelligent power source that it's attached to like it instantly makes me think of something like alien oh yeah definitely it's like it's 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 a civilization or a race or whatever that had that had progressed so far that like they had this appreciation for like these simple like ancient designs 
and, and like, you yep. know, created this wheel, but yep. at the same time had the scientific ability to create this energy source mm-hmm. or something. Exactly. And that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you know, I was like, yeah. they have to be intelligent enough to know this, but yet it looked very primitive, you know? So it was kind of right. this, this, this clash of two worlds to me. I, I don't yeah. know. And, but I find it incredibly fascinating and I love the direction the show's going in at this point. Um, this really sci-fi feeling, but yet still with a lot of mystery wrapped up in it as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's really, I, I think it's awesome. You know, I, yeah. I, 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 you know, I like certain sci-fi shows if they're well-written, you know, some of them right. are just ridiculous, but this one, you know, this, this idea, this, I don't know you kind of got the idea of time travel, but now that it's kind of getting deeper into it. Yeah. Like I said, there's so much out there that could go into this direction, that direction. It just kind of makes it a whole, you know, like a whole different like level of, of, you know, um, of a story, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just goes deeper. exactly. Yeah. So the guy says that, you know, what are we going to do then? Go back and kill Hitler. And I like this because it's kind of addressing questions, you know, some of the viewers of the show are going to have. Uh-huh. They're trying to they're trying to keep you from thinking, oh, this is totally absurd. I'm not sure if I want to go down this road. Right. Um, so, you know, Chang says, no, you know, there are rules and there are rules that can't be broken. Mm-hmm. And um, he says if they were to keep drilling, it would release the energy and they'd all be in big trouble. Um, and then at the very end of that scene, of course, Dan walks in. Right. And so <laughs> I... They're, they're setting this up like, you know, this is back a long time ago, you know? Yeah. This is at least in the 80s where we saw the dar- the Swan video. It was copyright like 83 or 84 or something right. like that, I, th- I think. So it's at least that long ago, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I now, you know, the whole thing about Dan and what I had said before about these people, um, you know, basically... Uh, been there before and you know I, I i believe that to even be more the case even you know now i mean now that i've seen dan there i'm thinking okay this i'm waiting to see uh the rest of the group roll in there in some capacity you know and, and see them there yeah. at this at some point uh, you know on this island um and dan it seems like he has a position on this island he has a point to be there and the island obviously brought him back for a reason too, you know. Right. It's kind of like with Michael, his his duty's not over. It could, it wouldn't matter what he you know would do, he had to come back to that island. Right. You know. Yeah. And I just I just find it crazy fascinating. Plus, he looks like he hasn't aged like Richard. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Yeah, because he definitely looks exactly the same age as he is now. Yeah, you know that, and that's what kind of messes me up too because he's lived off the island though, you know. Right. But, you know, Richard's been off the island and he looks exactly the same age, you know, 50 years ago as he does today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if my thing is, I don't know if Dan is a native to that island. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that's well, that's what's going to be interesting. Did right. he come on the island to study or is he from there? And that's what's why, you know. He right. Had, he, yeah. He's a, so. And it instantly made me think of the whole Miles and Charlotte conversation where, you know, he's like, you know, I, I, I'm surprised you're wanting to leave after you spent so long mm-hmm. trying to get back to the island. And yep. it, this made me think of that. Like, you know, this is obviously in the past and clearly Daniel's there. Oh, yeah. And it's like, is that the same situation that we have for Charlotte, that she was there as well back back this at this time? 
Yep, yep, that's exactly exactly what I was thinking of whenever I when I saw that. I was like, oh, okay, yep, you know, just kind of missing puzzle piece there. Yeah, yep. So the next section I had is at the funeral home. Um, Jack and Ben work on getting Locke into a van, and Jack is like uber depressed. And, you know, he's talking about how, you know, none of the other survivors are his friends. And um, he asked Ben why all of his, you know, why all of this happened, why everything's turned out the way it has. And Ben says it happened because you left. And uh, they get to a hotel room and Jack finally shaves off his, you know, his pill popping beard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And uh, Ben runs down the plan to get all of the other survivors on board. And he says the last time he saw Locke was on the island in the Orchid. And Jack says that Locke told him that everyone left behind on the island would die if he didn't come back. So now we're getting a little more information about exactly what, you know, Jeremy Bentham said to, you know, at least Jack. And it's that, you know, if he doesn't come back, then everyone that was left behind will die. Yeah, no, I, uh, I thought that was an interesting uh, scene because you had... You had Jack, you know, I mean, he kind of was like that. I have no friends type guy, you know, mm-hmm. but what was interesting that Ben, Ben had, um, well, first off we seen that, um, Locke had tried to contact him and, right. you know, tell him these things, but that Ben was coming to Jack first. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was kind of interesting because Jack kind of seems to be the, in the worst shape of yeah. them all, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. You know, I, th- I thought, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he should start off with someone that's a little, you know, hard, you know, a little harder to reach or a little, got their life yeah. together a little better, <laughs> spend a little more time there. Jack, you just, he's just a mess right now, you know? Right. But it was interesting to see how, like, just ready Jack was to go. You yeah. Know? That, that's actually, let's go ahead and address, there was a comment in the forums um, that, that addresses that specific point and we'll go ahead and read that uh brandon and bama um he writes other things and we'll get to those later um but he writes jack has finally gone over the edge to be so trusting of ben after being so against him on the island proves in my mind that jack wants to get back to the island so badly he'll listen to anyone's ideas on how to get there if widmore had showed up at the funeral parlor jack probably would have gone along with him too could Ben be using Jack like he used Locke so often before? Is Ben's ultimate plan for evil or for good? What do you think about that? Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's like I, I'm so torn, and I told you, you know, I kind I try to class these guys in good and evil because I think it's just the way my mind works, you know, with uh-huh. Woodmore and, and Ben. And, and it just, to me, it's about the time I think I got one pegged out to be something, I, I switch, you know. And, um, right. I don't like I've said before. I don't sure. I'm not sure that there is an overwhelming like good person the person in this uh, between those two. But with the Jack situation, I think the the writer's completely correct. I don't. I don't think. I think anybody could have walked in and said something about it at that point. He would have said, "Okay, you know, um, right." It's just better, I guess, if, if for Ben's sake that he got there first. Yeah, and I. But what I think so interesting is um, what he brings up a great point about the reason. Jack is so messed up is it seems to me like is 100% because he knows they shouldn't have left the island. Oh yeah. And it's, and it's, that's it. You know, that's the reason why things are so terrible for him. So he's so focused on fixing that situation that he'll, he'll accept anybody's plans or ideas for getting back there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was even uh, the comment that Ben also made during that clip was, 
did they did he tell you what happened to them after you left? Right. And yeah. He, sa- <laughs> he says no, and then he goes, "Oh, I guess. Well, oh, I guess we'll that. never know." Yeah. Yeah. yeah I loved right. that. You that know, was I'm awesome. Like, yeah, I knew Ben totally, totally knows what the heck's going on. It seems like you know. I mean, yeah. it, that's the way. At least the way I read it was like he was like, "Well, I guess we'll never know." I'm not telling you. You know. And it's I like, guess oh. I. F- oh, go ahead. Well, I almost seemed like. It almost seemed like if Jack would say something, he would say something, but he wasn't going to give any information freely. You know, you know, it was like, right. well, what did he tell you? What do you, you know, I'll tell you what he, what I know if you tell me what you know. Yeah, you know, it almost right. Like that kind of game, but. And I focused more on the aspect of I wanted to find out what happened to them after they left. So the factor, the fact that Ben said, "Well, I guess we'll never know," and then right then it cuts to to show you what happened. It was right. so exciting. It was just really cool. Oh, yeah. Intense. Yeah. So uh, later they hear on the TV that Hurley had escaped from the hospital, and they're saying that he had killed someone as he escaped, but obviously we know that Saeed is the guy that busted him out of there and that he's with Saeed. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to our next section is Hurley and Saeed. Um, they've left the hospital, and they're going to hide out in a hotel, and uh, Saeed tells Hurley that he was working for Ben. Um, he says, right. if you ever have the misfortune of running into him, whatever he tells you, do the opposite. Yep. So are we to trust Ben's plans to get them all back to the island? Or do you think this is just a, one of Ben's plans to, to, to get his, get what he wants in some way? Yeah, I, yeah, I was sitting there going, I was thinking that when I was watching that, I was like, okay, one part of me wants to say, okay, this is totally, you know, this is... Ben's trying to get them back to the island to fix this whole situation. But whenever mm-hmm. I saw Saeed say that, Saeed had, was working for him. So he must have found something out right? Uh, that has derailed that whole thing. And I, I'm really excited to see what that is, but, you know, because it had to be something pretty huge because he was pretty convinced uh, that he was doing the right thing by, you know, working for Ben and taking these guys out because he had killed Nadia. That would be a pretty hard to overturn unless... Saeed fell in love with someone else that was <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. Widmore's on Mr. Widmore's side. You know, that's the only yeah. way I could see him switching right. so easily. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah, Widmore knew exactly what his weakness was and sent it's, some, you know, it's every man's headed weakness. woman his way and he he decided he loved her and, you know, gave up on Ben's exactly. plans. Exactly. <laughs> uh, exactly. But the, I just I just found that extremely interesting. I mean, um I, you know, we keep asking ourselves this question, do we believe Ben or don't believe Ben? Mm-hmm. And I, I can't tell you re- what to do. So. Yeah. So just then they're attacked by some guys and Saeed is shot with a tranquilizer dart, but still ends up throwing one of the guys onto a dishwasher basket full of knives, uh, which, which I thought was pretty creative. Uh-huh. And uh, Hurley takes Saeed out of the safe house saying, we never should have left that island. So something tells me Hurley will be an easy one to convince to go back to the island. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, another awesome like scene of like Saeed's like fighting ability. That yeah, was pretty <laughs> pretty intense. But what, what it was awful is because it made Hurley look like he's a mass murderer at this point. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's <laughs> every one of these people that we're seeing so far. Maybe they don't want to go back to the island, but they're being put in positions. It seems like the island's putting them them in positions where they're not going to have a choice. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, what's Hurley going to do? Is he going to say, no, it wasn't me. You know, it was this guy by the name of Saeed. Saeed's going to be gone, you know? Yeah. Yeah, which leads into our next section at Kate's house, Um, you know, in terms of the island kind of forcing them to come back in some way or something. Yeah, exactly. 
Aaron's and watch. It, it, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, no, no, you, you're going. You're going. You're going to go ahead and talk about the scene. So I, I'll come in. Yeah, yeah. That. Uh, just basically, you know, Aaron's watching some cartoons, and the two guys show up at the front door, and the guy says his name is Dan Norton of the law firm Agustini and Norton, which there has to be an anagram in there because it just sounds like one of those made-up names that that's supposed to mean something. Yeah. And he says they're there to get a blood sample from both she and Aaron to determine her relationship to Aaron. Um, which is pretty huge, I think. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's really huge. Once again, like we said, something that, that seems like it's trying to force her to to be in a bad position. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, I'm thinking of this, I'm like, okay, either the island's calling them back. Right. Or Ben's hiring these people out, or, you know, with Ben or uh, Richard or somebody's, like, it seemed very, these people obviously, anybody can get an attorney and sue someone. Yeah, or or it's get an attorney and to get a get a um, court order. To get, get yeah. court order to to get some blood results, you know. So I mean that could be very easily done by Widmore. It could be very easily done by Ben, yeah. you know. And he already said he goes, I got a plan to bring mm-hmm. them back to help to help you know get them to agree to go back. And it almost yeah. kind of seems like it's a mastermind Ben plan, you know. Right. Yeah, but I did think it was so interesting that they have a client who. Basically, you know, it sounds like they know she's not the mother and they're just trying to expose it. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that person would have to be, to me, it had to be someone that has information uh, right. from that small group of people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So she basically makes them leave and says they'll have to bring back the police in order to get her to give the blood sample. And uh, she starts packing, and she's basically on the run again, and she tells Aaron they're going on vacation. So, and I loved how they used the same, the kind of Kate on the run theme music in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as she started packing again, it was like a return to old Kate. And oh, I thought yeah. that was just, that was just really cool. Yeah, I automatically thought about her court order not to leave. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was like, okay, she's going to, she's going to break that. So, you know, not only is, even if this, little thing was dropped that she just did she's now she's in, you yeah know, basically she's in trouble wall, again so she's, she's yep. trouble you know yep so at the airport you know son's about to fly to los angeles um when her passport sends up a red a red flag and she's asked to meet up with someone she gets into the room and it's charles widmore and uh charles says to save your breath they only do what i tell them to do which to me, it's like Charles is somehow in charge of the airport. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. I mean, he he says they don't listen. They listen to what I say. They don't listen to anything else. But what you know, they do what mm-hmm. I tell them to do, pretty much. You know. And I'm, I'm sitting there. And I'm thinking this man's got a lot of control. You yeah. know, Um, which was scary to think about. I mean, I mean, I think Son was kind of scared to death, to be honest with you. And I think mm-hmm. they're right to be. But um. I don't know how he would have, I mean, control over an airport. I mean, let's. I would well, guess yeah, maybe. I mean, he would. He would almost have to own the airline. And I was really trying to figure out. I don't know if we she actually was, saw in the scene or not what the airline was. Yeah, we did. We did. It was Oceanic. Oh, uh, was. Yeah. Now, see, yeah, to me, it's saying. like it seals the deal. Whitmore exactly. owns Oceanic. Exactly. Yeah. So th- that's what it makes sense when I saw that Oceanic. She was going to get on a flight. Mm-hmm. You know, and plus they had that free pass that they could fly anywhere, you know, right. with Oceanic, you know. But, and he says they work for me. That makes total sense, you know, that, that yeah. he owns the flight. Um, yeah. 
And that explains, you know, why there was this whole, he was able to orchestrate this whole fake crash and make mm-hmm. it look like, you know, all this stuff. And that, that makes a lot more sense now, I think. Yep. Okay. So now we're to the portion that talks all about what happened after Jack and them all left the island. Um, which it, it kind of prefaced the whole section, you know, of three years ago. So to me, um, it's like what was happening with Jack and everyone was take, taking place three years after they left the island. Right. So they've been gone for three years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think we really knew that before, though, no. did we? No, no. I mean, I saw that. I, it was it was pretty uh, – it, it made sense because of the how old Walt – was uh-huh. uh but it, we i don't think we had any kind of indication of how long it actually had right. been until tonight or until i watched it. i actually watch it tonight so yeah um, but um one thing that made me think about when i heard three years um that must have seemed like an eternity on the island yeah no doubt because, well well uh, that brings up a good question because i'm really not clear if that actually means that sawyer and them were on the island for three years you know whatever because um, it did not seem like they were trying to tell us that they had been on that island for three years. Well, I know, but I mean, where else would, I mean, if three years passed and they had been home for three years, it, I mean, I don't know if it's like, uh, you know, Bible terms, you know, as a thousand days as a one day or one day is a thousand years, or, you know, right. it's like, I don't, or, you know, like something like that. It's like how maybe time, with the time travel thing, maybe obviously we know it doesn't seem the same when they shot the little thing, you know, out over, it took longer, whatever for it to yeah. get there than it was supposed to. Right. Plus when they went to the freighter, Dan was like, it's not like you, you think it is, you know, it to them, it yeah. been forever. And for those that were flying to the freighter, it wasn't long at all. That's true. That's, it's, I guess it's pretty much just like a flashback. It's kind of like, you know, um, we're seeing what happened to the people on the Island three years ago. Kind right. of thing. We right. haven't seen what's happening to him right now. All we've seen is what happened to him three years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, three years ago, they started jumping through this time. I mean, have they been jumping right. through time for three years? You know, like this. But what does that look like? Does that yeah. look like 10 minutes, four mm-hmm. days? I mean, who knows? The only thing I know, it's madness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? So we see Ben back at the giant wheel about to turn it. Um, and as he turns it, we hear the weird noises outside. You know, the sky turns purple, all that stuff. And when the noise stops, it's raining on the island, even though it wasn't before. And Locke, who was with Richard and the others, is now completely alone um, and, you know, by himself in the same spot he was standing before. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan and the group um, are in the small motorboat um, out in the on the ocean. And he says they must have been inside of the radius. Which, and I instantly thought about your your theories that you've talked about with there being kind of a an area around the island that's kind of part of the island. And when the island moved, all of that moved too. Yep, yep. Uh, definitely pretty much seals the deal for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, uh, Sawyer and Juliet are still on the beach and nothing appears to have changed um, except that they can no longer see the freighter. And Bernard shows up looking for Rose and she comes out and she's fine and, you know, all's good and dandy. And Bernard tells Sawyer that they can't go back to the camp because there's no camp. And sure enough, they show up to the place where they were living and everything is totally gone. All the tents, all the food, the water, the kitchen, everything. 
And Dan shows up and says, it's not gone. It hasn't been built yet. And I love stuff like this. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I am so intrigued by this this kind of time travel stuff and the little paradoxes that it creates and um, just how amazing of an experience that would be. Yeah, no, that that is, to me, like you said, it's it's huge. And and I, I was just, uh, it was kind of, it was kind of blew me away. I mean, I was kind of like, I think Sawyer on it. I was sitting there going, what do you mean? You know, I mean, I mean, I could definitely got the time travel thing, but like how hard would that be to comprehend? Yeah. You know, no doubt. It's it just, it was awesome though. It's like, cause it hasn't been built yet. You know, that was just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. It's just so cool that they're there on the Island. They know what they've experienced. They know like, you know, the work they put into building that camp, but yet it's, it never happened or it hasn't happened yet. And, but they know what happened because they did it, <laughs> but now they've gone back in time and it hasn't happened mm. and it creates like so many things. It's like, you know, if they stand there on the beach and wait, are they going to see the plane crash? And then, you know, duplicates of themselves come off the plane that's, and start building up, you know, a beach or that's exactly what I was thinking about. I was like, I mean, what's the, <laughs> what's the risk of them running into themselves? Right. You know? So, yeah, uh, Dan, I, 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 oh, go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I just, I don't, I don't really get that, you know, because also when yeah. Desmond had his little flash around, you know, he didn't run into himself. He replaced himself. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Dan tells Juliet to take him to something man-made and, uh, on the way Sawyer kind of forces Dan to explain what's happened the best he can. And, uh, let's listen to that scene. First things first, give me your shirt. My shirt? Yeah. I really think we have far more pressing matters than me giving you a shirt. How about we just keep moving, okay? How about we call a timeout so you can tell us what the hell's going on? How about you trust me? Trust you? I don't know you. We really do not have time for me to try to explain. You have no idea how difficult that would be for me to try to explain this, this phenomenon to a quantum physicist. That would be difficult. So for me to try to explain whatever's happening. <clears throat> Oi! What the bloody hell do you think you're doing? Shut it, Ginger. You're getting one, too. Now talk. The island. Think of the island like a record spinning on a turntable. Only now, that record is skipping. Whatever Ben Linus did down at the Orchid Station, I think it may have dislodged us. Dislodged us from what? Time. So that's why our camp is gone. Because the island is moving through time? Yeah, either the island is or we are. What? And it's just as likely that we are moving, your people and us. And everyone in your group, you're all accounted for, right? Not everyone. Lock. So, um, first thing I thought of, why did Sawyer ask Dan for his shirt? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't really 
get that at all. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, he, he's not, if he's going to put it on, it's not going to fit him. Yeah. Know? And it's going to be like fat man in a little coat, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I just, I, I was trying to, I didn't get it unless, I, I don't know, unless he was wanting to see something yeah. on Dan, you know, you know, like if there's like a mark on Dan, you know, I don't know. I just, it, it made, it made me think that Sawyer wanted to see w- what was under his shirt. Not like, you know, not like really just have his shirt or see, see something, you know? Yeah. Uh, it just, it seemed weird to me. I don't know. Now my best guess, this is probably the case, but I'm, I'm not sure is I, it seems like there was a lot of talk early in the season about uh, the fact that Sawyer was always running around without a shirt on. And it almost makes me wonder if the writer just kind of put in there as a little funny little jab about, you know, basically Sawyer trying to get a shirt uh, because he'd gone without one for so long or something. But that's that's my only guess. Uh, yeah, but I mean, seriously, trying to get Dan's shirt. Yeah, I mean, it it's just it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I mean, I was just thinking like, does he does he feel like is he trying to like reveal something? But that because it kind of gave you that sense. But then it was just kind of yeah. like then it just got awkward. You're like, oh. There's nothing there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. So, but uh, Dan says the island is like a record spinning on a turntable. Only now that record is skipping. And uh, he says whatever Ben did in the orchid station, I think it may have dislodged us in time. And um, you know, Juliet says, you know, so that's why our camp is gone because the the island is moving through time. And you know, Dan says either our camp is. Or we are. It's just as likely that we are. And right. Dan Dan asks if everyone in the group is accounted for, and of course Sawyer realizes that Locke is the only one missing. Which that 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 what he said there was was a bit confusing, but it, I guess it makes kind of uh, makes sense in a in a way like mm-hmm. that you would separate the two that either the island's moving or they're moving, but to, it, regardless, it, it really wouldn't make any difference well yeah because if the island was what was moving um okay like for example later on when Locke runs into ethan um if the island was moving ethan would be the one who was traveling through time and Locke would be the one who was always in the same time right whereas in this case Locke was changing times and ethan had no clue who he was because he hadn't met him yet yeah, so exactly. I do think it's so. a, it's an important distinction because it's like Locke and everybody in this group are the only ones kind of jumping around in time right. from what we can well, tell. I, yeah, I got, so, I got that part, and I didn't mean that it didn't make a difference there. What I meant it didn't make a difference was these people still have the same issue, rather whether, whichever one's moving, right, they're still right. being affected by it. Because, I mean, my, in my mind, I thought, well, how would that work? But I guess it totally makes complete sense, you know, that that if my world was changing, I would have to – react to it or if i was changing in the you know i still have to react to it you know what i'm saying so right i, I totally yeah. i totally did get that but that was that was kind of a cool way to to describe it and look at it you know i kind of got a better perspective of what was going on which yeah. made me it made sense of what Locke uh was talking to richard about later right you know? right so meanwhile Locke is kind of trekking through the jungle and he gets to the top of a hill and sees this small prop plane kind of crash into the jungle and something falls out of the plane on its way by, and he picks it up to discover it's one of the Mary statues that was filled with heroin. Mm. So this is the plane that Bo- you know Boone climbed up into and eventually was killed by. Right. And uh, he goes to the crash site and climbs up to the plane, you know, 
but he's awesome, you know, but as he's climbing, someone starts shooting at him and he falls back down. Uh, the person comes out of the jungle and of course it's Ethan, um, asking, you know, who are you? And he's about to shoot Locke and Locke tells him that I know who you are. You're Ethan and Ben Linus appointed me as your leader. Um, which I, I liked that. That was, that was pretty cool. Like, you know, yeah. like Ethan was ever going to believe that <laughs> at all. Right. Exactly. But at least he, he did stall him enough because he knew his name and didn't know Ben Linus, you know, uh-huh. uh, what I couldn't really gather was would Ethan say that's ridiculous because he didn't think Ben would ever make somebody a leader or that's ridiculous because Ben's not a leader yet. Yeah. Good question. No doubt. You know, uh, he could have been thinking Ben, you know, who's this Ben? You know, Ben's that little dorky guy that runs, you know, yeah, through yeah. Ca- you know, camp, you know. Yeah, Ben uh, cleans cleans up the, you know, the toilets after you know, exactly. we go to the bathroom. <laughs> Why yeah. the heck would he do that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to follow orders from him. Yeah. But um, what did you think about actually seeing the point when the plane crashed? The, seeing the what? The, the point when the, the prop plane Oh. that had the heroin and stuff on it, actually getting to see when that crashed. What did I think about it? Or yeah, I just thought, it, well, I remember, like, I thought it was cool that we were actually getting to see, you know, the crash happen after all of this stuff, you know, happened in the show, kind of centering around that plane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had like an almost the last half of the first season was all about that plane in some ways. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely interesting uh, to see that. Just, just like you said, because there was so much that hinged on it before, um, but it to me, I didn't like. Um, I don't know. The, the crash scene to me was just kind of like, uh, oh, that's what happened. It wasn't really like yeah. a big, big thing for me. But it right. also seemed like I couldn't believe that they actually all died that way because the uh-huh. plane didn't seem was all intact and it didn't seem to like, you know, eat up the ground too much or anything like that. Right. So it was just kind of interesting to see that. But also, yep. it kind of looked like it would. I don't know. It was like sh- maybe like uh, there was a lot of smoke coming from it, um, so it kind of indicated to me that there was either engine trouble or somebody shot it down. Right. You know, so in some right. sense, you know, I, I I mean I don't know why if it was just ran out of gas, why mm-hmm. it would just come to the ground, you know. So maybe right. you also just kind of wonder why in the heck it crashed there to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's still a lot of mystery surrounding that. I mean, it seems. I mean, I guess it's like when the plane took off before we saw that it was shot at and all this stuff. So I don't know if they're just trying to say that, you know, it made it a ways, but then eventually it ended up crashing because of the shots or something. But well, that but makes yeah. total sense. I mean, it, it, it would because the plane did seem like it was having mechanical issues coming down. Yeah. So. Right. But that means that that Island couldn't have been too awfully far from where they took off though. Mm-hmm. Right. So just then the sky lights up again and Locke is suddenly in the dark. And of course there's no Ethan there. And, uh, likewise Sawyer and his group have moved in time as well. And Dan says they're either in the past or they're in the future. Um, and later they find the spot where the hatch used to be and it's already been destroyed. So they know they're in the future or at least further into the future than they were before. And uh, let's listen to that scene right there. I think it's uh, very telling. Is that? It was. Blown up, just like we left it. Okay. So, when we are now? 
It's now after you and your people crashed on the island. You saying our camp is back on the beach again? It's possible, yeah. Good, I'm going back. Hey, no, no. It's pointless. More pointless than staring at a hole in the ground? We don't know when the next flash is coming. By the time you get back to the beach, the camp could be gone again. Yeah, well, what if it ain't? Hell, what if the helicopter hasn't even taken off yet? We could warn them. Stop them from ever flying to that boat. That's not the way it works. Who says? You cannot change anything. You can't. Even if you tried to, wouldn't work. Why not? Time, it's like a stream. Right, we can move forward on this street. We can move in reverse, but we cannot ever create a new street. If we try to do anything different, we will fail every time. Whatever happened, happened. How do you know so much about this, Danny boy? I know about this because I spent my entire adult life studying space-time. I know all this because this journal contains everything I've ever learned about the Dharma Initiative. This is why I'm here. I know what's happening. So how can we stop it? We can't stop it. Then who can? So like we said, um, you know, whenever they are, it's after they crashed on the island. So there's a potential there, you know, if um, for them to kind of run into themselves, mm -hmm. at least, you know, from what we know so far. And uh, Juliet says they can warn their people if they, that they shouldn't fly to the boat. You know, basically she wants to take advantage of the opportunity to kind of avoid all of this happening in the first place, trying to change the future, I guess. Right. And... Um, so Dan says, you cannot change anything. Even if you tried, it wouldn't work. Um, time is like a street. You can either move forward on that street or in reverse, but you can't create a new street. So whatever happened, happened. Right. So, uh, What's, go ahead. What do you think? Oh, okay. No, go oh. ahead. It was whatever happened, happened. You know, go, I mean, it just that, as soon as that was said, I automatically thought back to Desmond's conversation, you know you know that you can't change it you know no matter what you know it, it is yeah. you know it is what it is you know it almost seemed like like to me it seemed like Sawyer was hoping to be able to ch change the past you right. know like probably with a lot to do with Kate and, and all that stuff it mm -hmm. seemed like you know he'd he, if he gets to run into them again or do something he could he could work it out differently but as we as this whole theme of this show is it's not about changing the past it's about it's about uh, correcting the the you know correcting now to change the future you know and right. and, and that's yeah. kind of like what they're going through right now it seems like to me it's like it's not about the past at all it's about figuring out what's going on right now so they can you know continue their lives and and uh right. so I, I i did like his little you know it's a it's a, it's a what do you say what do you say a street it's like a two-way street yeah. yeah yeah that was that was actually pretty good though it was yeah, they did a good job several times of kind of illustrating these really, you know, complex, you know, ideas and theories and ways that were easy to understand and kind of keep you on board and not feeling like you were totally lost in what was going on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So uh, Dan says he spent his entire adult life studying space-time, uh, so it's a little bit of information, more information on his character. 
and um, his journal contains everything he ever learned about the Dharma Initiative. So I think this is like the first we've really heard anything about Daniel somehow like researching or, you know, studying the Dharma Initiative in any way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, but he he's still such a, a mystery to me. You know, he says, I spent my yeah. whole life. What does that mean? You know, I mean, is that is right. that 33 years or older he is, you know, how old he is? Or is that, as we've seen him in the 80s, how long is his whole life? And, you know, what is his life, you know? Uh, is right. he part of this yeah. whole thing? Or is, was he a quote-unquote hostile that spent his whole life studying them back? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. It yeah. just kind of messed my head up a little bit. Yeah, there's 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 definitely a lot we need to learn about Daniel before we can make much sense of of what's going on here, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But he says uh this issue, this whole time problem is exactly why he's there, but he can't stop it, uh but someone else can. And of course, right then it, it kind of cuts the lock, you know, insinuating that he's the one that can fix it all. And uh this is actually this the scene we heard at the beginning of the episode where Locke kind of wakes up and, you know, Mr. Alpert shows up and he knows that he's been shot in the leg, even though Locke didn't tell him. Um, so that to me was very interesting. Oh yeah. Um, that was the fact that somehow Richard Alpert knew what had happened, um, before it happened. Yep. Yeah. That was, that was extremely interesting. Um, which, I didn't really, I can't really understand it at all because, I mean, he, he knew the, well, no, I guess I can. Um, because if he's a, if he's, well, if you want to use the word constant, if his life, if his world hasn't changed, he would have known about that, about that uh, first meeting that he had with Locke. You know, like uh, he would have, mm-hmm. you know, or he says, you will tell me that you're shot later. You know, he would have remembered that. Yeah. Locke would tell him, Oh, by the way, I'm sitting by the plane and I got a bullet in my leg. You need to come find me, you know. So it it, it did change right. changed Richard's life, uh, but the outcome was still the same. He didn't he didn't keep him getting shot. He was just there to fix him, you know. Um, but it right. was extremely interesting for sure. Yeah, but it. I mean, I guess we don't really have enough information yet to know, like if well, no, because Ethan obviously he didn't know who Locke was. It's true. It's, but it's like Richard had knew or understood what was going on, but he also said, you know, the next time you see me, I won't, know who you are. I won't recognize you. Yeah, that's, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I can't make sense of it right now. It's a little too late, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That messes my head up but because if you, I don't yeah. know. I don't get it. Maybe we'll have a, a conversation about it later once we've got a little bit more information yeah, on that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Locke asks, you know, how he knew, and Richard says that Locke will tell him, like we just said. Um, He says it was Ethan who shot him, and, you know, Richard says that what goes around comes around, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, because his group killed Ethan. Right. And and Locke says, when am I? And uh, Richard responds that it's all relative. Locke asks what happened to Richard and all the people when the sky lit up, and he went back in time, and Richard says they didn't go anywhere. You went. Mm-hmm. So that kind of seals the deal about, you know, Locke and his group are the ones that are moving. It's not the island yep. that's moving. For sure. And, yeah. And Locke wants to know how Richard knew he was there and how to find him. And Richard, you know, does seem to know the answers. 
but he says he doesn't have time to explain things because Locke will be moving on soon. And um, he says, the next time we see each other, I'm not going to recognize you. And he gives him a compass to prove that he knows Richard. And I instantly thought of Richard Alpert going and visiting Locke and laying those items out on the table Mm -hmm. and having him say which, which one of these items, you know, what did he say? Belong? No, not belongs which to you. Which one? Are, which one already? Yeah. Uh, which one already belongs to you? Yeah. Which one of these is yours, yours already, already, or yeah, something yeah. like that? But instantly, my mind jumped to that, and it, like they showed a shot of the compass, like they were wanting you to notice it. Um. But again, it's it's too late for me to to try to figure out what it well, means. I mean, okay. Let's that, think about. Let's think about it like this. I mean, this could be completely crazy, but maybe that's what Richard, the original test was mm-hmm. about that that time. You know, it was like he gave it to Locke and that was his. You know, when he went to talk, right. to, talk to him as a kid, he said, which one of these are already yours? And maybe that's the one he was, the only one he wanted him to say was that, that compass. You know, it's like when right. he didn't, he goes, you're not ready yet. You know, not who we thought he was. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I won't recognize you, you know, and if you, if you would have said that one's mine or, you know, but that would have made sense that he would have actually ch- took Locke at that moment, you know? Right. But I don't know. You're exactly right though. It's definitely the compass that, you know, he laid out before him before. Yeah. That's. Phew. It's, it's totally melting my mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like you said, this stuff is so complex and it's uh, my mind's yeah. mush so I have no idea but we'll have plenty of time I think you know after we finish this season to go back and revisit and really talk about some of this time travel stuff once we've got all the information from this season to talk about oh yeah definitely so he says the only way to save the island is to get your people back here the ones who left you're going to have to convince them to come back and to do that Locke is going to have to die hmm and uh, Locke flashes again, and he's sometime between the time period when the prop plane crashed and when it fell. But what do you think about the whole Locke's going to have to die? Like, it, it to me, it seems like, you know, well, obviously we know that he's dead outside this, this, mm-hmm. this island. Um, but once again... I don't know what reality is and what reality is not. You know, I don't know if he's actually yeah. dead or this is some type of like, you know, he definitely seems to be dead out there. But if they bring him back to the island, we talked about this, how he might would not be you know, not be dead. And um, it mm-hmm. seems like, it seems like, oh man, I don't, I, I can't, I can't think, <laughs> of, I can't think about, you know, I can't even put it into words uh, what that would mean to me at this point. Um, yeah. But, I'm hoping that they get back to this island and they're all okay. It almost makes me think that even everything that's going on outside the island isn't actually happening. Like it's almost How's that? Like like with Jack and everything like that, like it's some part of this flash forward stuff, you know, where it's not actual reality. That at some point if they when they come back to this island, it'll be as if they never left. Yeah, as in like they may oh, come wow. back. Yeah you know, and be at the exact point, um, before, before all this even happened, you know what I'm saying? Like it may, Oh yeah. So yeah. So like they get back to the Island and it's like at the exact time 
the time period before they left in exactly. the first place. So it's like they, they basically go on living like they do, did as if they wouldn't have left the and, island in the right, first place. Right, and it place. comes back to that second chance of saying, now what will you do? Yeah. That, yeah, like they get a second second exactly. chance. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna kill me. <laughs> wow. Okay, so back in Sawyer's group, they realize that the hatch is now back intact, and Sawyer goes to the back door of the hatch to get some supplies. You know, basically they... they he realizes the hatch is there and there's, he, I think he even makes a comment about he's not starting over. Mm-hmm. He's not rubbing sticks together, that there's food and everything else in there and he's going to get at yep, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which I, I love mm-hmm. that. And, uh, you know, Dan tells him that it's not going to work because Desmond didn't know Sawyer when he first came out of the hatch. So they can't meet basically, you know, from what we saw, obviously Desmond didn't know who Sawyer was when he saw him for the first time. So therefore, it would be impossible for them to meet now and change the future so Desmond would know Sawyer. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Sawyer pounds on the door, but no one answers. But Dan says, if it didn't happen, it can't happen. And after that, they head back to the beach. But Dan notices that Charlotte's nose is bleeding. And he kind of sends her ahead with everyone else. And he hangs behind. He says, you know, he kind of gets his notebook and finds something. I'm not sure what it was. Um, but then he knocks on the hatch door himself, you know, kind of saying, let the, please let this work over and over again. Right. And Desmond opens the door this time, and let's listen to okay. that. Please let this work. Please let this work. Please, please, please let this work. Oh, oh, oh. whoa, whoa. Don't you? Then you best explain why you've been banging on my door for the last 20 minutes, brother. Desmond. Are you him? Him? Who? My replacement. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. I'm... Do I know you? Yeah. In a way. Listen, that's not important. What is important, Desmond, is what I'm about to say to you. I need you to listen. You're the only person who can help us because, Desmond, the rules, rules don't apply to you. You're special. You're uniquely and miraculously special. What are you talking about? Okay, listen to me. Listen. If the helicopter somehow made it off the island, if you got home... What helicopter? What are you talking listen, about? Listen, I need you to listen, or people are going to die. My name is Daniel Faraday. And right now, me and everyone else you left behind, we're in serious danger. You're the only person who can help us. I need you to go back to Oxford University. Go back to where we met. I need you to go there and find my mother. Her name is... Uh... Three years now. It was safe now. It was just a dream. 
It wasn't a dream, Ben. So the first thing I noticed is that, you know, Desmond seemed to kind of recognize Dan. He's like, you know, do I know you? Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously was probably because he went back and saw uh, Dan at Oxford and all that stuff. And they had that encounter. So that's why Dan was able to come into contact with him is because he knew him already. Exactly. Yep. So uh, yep, that was that was kind of a, a kind of a loophole there that he remembered. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder if that's what his, he was finding in his notebook. I, I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't remember Desmond having gone back in time and visiting him, but I mean, he found something in his notebook that seemed to, to make him think that he could approach Desmond. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was like, um, just rereading it. Yeah. Like you said, there's like something that he read. There's like, well, if if this happens, you can do this and this, this could, this could alter something, but without, you know, yeah. But, uh, I like the, you know, the Desmond, when Desmond wakes up, he realizes that it wasn't a dream. It was a memory. Yeah. Right. That's huge. Yeah. But Dan says he's the only one who can help them because the rules don't apply to him. He's special. He's uniquely and miraculously special. What do you, what do you think he means? The rules don't apply. Oh man. Because he didn't, he didn't come to the Island the same way as the other ones did. You know, um, I think, I think it has to do with the fact that he's he wasn't on that flight, that he voluntarily came to that island. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only thing I could think of because, I mean, if, if what I had said before is right, that Desmond knew that he had to go to that island and he went to the island on purpose pretty much, you know, yeah. to fulfill his right, his way, you know, and, and his duty. Um, I think that that makes him completely different than everybody else on the island. You think so? I mean, I don't know any differently than, than you do, but um, I've always gotten the sense that just like, you know, everybody else was brought to that island, you know, it seemed really a big coincidence that Desmond would be on that race around the world and when it just happened to end up on the island. So to me, in a lot of ways, he seemed to be in the exact same boat as the other survivors. Uh, yeah, I would have agreed until I, until Desmond found out that, uh, in his past that he was supposed to be there. Right. See, I still yeah. feel like it altered his, his, that's um, true. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. I, and once again, I, I can't, I, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. say that for a certainty. It doesn't make any sense really, but, yeah. um, unless he's also, he's special because he's part of the Widmore group, you know, and he has Penny, yeah. you know, right. That could be the difference too. Yeah. But Dan says, if the helicopter somehow made it off the island, if you got home, my name is Daniel Faraday. Me and everyone else you left behind is in trouble. I need you to go back to Oxford University where we met. I need you to go back there and find my mother, her name. And then he gets cut off. (laughs) And we'll come back to that. 
And uh, Desmond wakes up and tells Penny he was on the island and it wasn't a dream. It was a memory, like you said. Um, and he's been off the island for three years. And um, he goes up on deck and prepares the boat. And he says they're heading to Oxford. So he's clearly going to act on this and, um, you know, try to do something about it. Yep. But that any thoughts a, on, on, well, I, I guess I'll get to the rest of Brandon and Bama's comments from the forum here. Okay. Uh, first. Um, he says, finally, for Anton at least, season five is here. And kudos to all of you viewers for li- or listeners who have made it this far. And then he made the comment about Jack that I read earlier, but I'll reread here just um, in case somebody forgot. Um, Jack has finally gone over the edge to be so trusting of Ben after being so against him on the island proves in my mind that Jack wants to get back to the island so badly he'll listen to anyone's ideas on how to get there. If Widmore had shown up on the funeral parlor, Jack probably would have gone along with him too. Could Ben be using Jack just like he used Locke so often before as Ben's ultimate plan for evil or good? And then he asks a couple of questions here. Um, how about Faraday telling Desmond the rules don't apply to you? What do you think this means? Which we already kind of talked about a little bit. And he says, who do you think Faraday's mother is? Which we kind of addressed, but do you have any thoughts on that? Um, no, no, I don't have any thoughts on it. At yeah. Maybe <laughs> come close. <laughs> yeah. And he says, Anton, is the island skipping in time anything like you expected? I guess he means in terms of um, what you expected season five to be about or, or something. Um, time travel, yes, is what I expected. Yeah. Um, this type of stuff, absolutely not. I couldn't have even fathomed this. That's why these people are a lot more brilliant than I could even think yeah. of. You know? <laughs> right. So. And he says, wasn't the last scene awesome? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah was, I, 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 that's all I can say. I, at this point, the the way it ended is like probably one of the like biggest like oh my gosh, what the heck is going to happen? Yeah. Times that I've had throughout this series, you know, uh, right? It's it it just there's so much going on. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's really intriguing to have you know Desmond in one time period trying to help you know save the people on the island, and like you know, Daniel Faraday in a totally different time period telling him to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) It's, it's crazy. Oh yeah. Well, what'd you think about the episode overall and just kind of the start of season five? I mean, I'm really excited about season five, completely excited. Um, um, like I said, you know, it seems like they're going in a, like a different direction, uh, not completely different, but into a deeper direction um, right. than I had thought. And then also I just like, it seems like things are on fast forward. I mean, like things are really going fast. And um, like, I think you, you had told me that there's going to be some things that are going to be answered and you kind of see that, like you're going to get to see some stuff and get some answers to things because of this fast pace that they got going right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about season five is uh, we're going to have some awesome discussions, you know, throughout the season and really be getting some great answers and, you know, great new information about mysteries. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Well, anything else before we wrap this up? That's it. Well, all right. On Sunday, we're going to be discussing The Lie. And I'm not sure who it's about. And I'm going to avoid looking just to, to to not spoil anything for now. Um, But we'll be discussing The Lie from Season 5 of Lost. And until then, we hope you all have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. 
New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at LostMysteryPodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at LostMysteryPodcast.com. And please call our listener line at 765-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.